peace, innumerable blessings, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Spirituality and Motherhood Podcast, where we reside in that safe, sacred space where spirituality meets motherhood. And in this space, we're fitting to explore everything from how ancestral and earth-based spiritual paths and practices shape motherhood to how having spiritual gifts impacts your experience as a mother. I am Jeanette Jackson, your hostess and the mother of two boys, a hoodoo, a psychic, and a tree-talking lay herbalist. Y'all have no idea how glad I am you are here. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being with me as I do laundry. So that's what you might hear in the background. Because you know what? Clothes got to get clean somehow. Before we get into it, and I don't mean my laundry, as you know, podcasts need support to keep going. So I'm going to ask yours. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends. And if you got it, please consider a paid subscription through Buzzsprout or slip me some change via PayPal. You can find the links in the show notes. Now, today's episode is part two of our chat with Sarah McKeeba Daisy. Oh, I'm not slaughtering that. <laughs> AKA Geechee Gal Grio. She is a black, queer, fifth generation Gullah Geechee woman, a griot, an Afrofuturist, a space and time traveler, dimension hopper, gatekeeper, cultural history interpreter, writer, singer, and healer from Beaufort, South Carolina. She works and plays at the intersections of ancestor innovation, intergenerational healing, black queer erotics, desire, and African diasporic rituals, history, and culture. Her acclaimed 2020 essay, Be Here Now, The South is a Portal, explores the South as a portal for Africana and indigenous magic and ways of knowing. Excuse me. Sarah offers spiritual and ancestral counseling and works as an advisor and consultant on various creative projects, including Gullah Geechee and Africana history and culture, including films, plays, albums, and literature. You can find her on Instagram at backslash Sarah Makiba, spelled S-A-R-A-M-A-K-E-B-A. It's the same thing on Twitter, and if you want to find her website, it is www.sarahsaramakeba.com. Now, look at here. I cut this thing up in three parts because we got to talking. So, again, this is part two. Our conversation picks up on how, you know, many things can be true at the same time. I pray this conversation blesses you. I can't wait to see you on the other end. Peace. Yeah, it goes back to what you were saying before about being able to hold all these different truths, but the truths don't necessarily play nice with each other Man. together. But it doesn't mean it's still not true. That's so good. That's so good. And um, I feel like one of the things I learned in tarot is like, holding certainty and uncertainty at the same time. We're just thinking about, yeah, multiple things can be true and they still true. Even if 
this is how they getting at each other. Such a thing that's like easier spoken than understood about ourselves, but maybe we could get to a point where that's the truth that we that we can accept that we embody because we embody it whether we're acknowledging that we are embodying it or not. It is our makeup is these sometimes conflicting truths. It's confusing being human sometimes. Oh my God, isn't it? Mm. It's baffling. It really is. <laughs> it's really baffling. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do believe that, you know, on a soul level, we've agreed to be here right now. Yeah. Um, I do believe like on there's this soul level like a source of love that we come from. And on some level, we agree to forget so we can remember. And some of the things I read, granted, I really only see white people talking about it like like we agreed to forget. Um, And so I say that to say, I don't know if we agreed to forget the way that we forgot or if like there was a way to play the game and remember that wasn't colonization. (laughs) But... (laughs) I do think there is a, on some level, the soul is the soul. Yes. And it's actually the most inherent natural thing. We have been very, very, very just conditioned and intentionally separated from ourselves. Yes. And it feels like the people who are able to hold on to something just get hated until they just either let go of life or let go of their soul. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's coveted and hated at the same time to be able to retain some sort of like no this is what i'm here to do mm. and people find it so powerful and then they want to rip you apart because of it mm. yeah at least that's what i see in society it's yeah. it's very and even just kind of thinking about how colonization colonization and white supremacy demand like you said it demands that you <laughs> Mm-hmm. You no, know, it's like you're not mm-hmm. you're not a soul. You're not right. You're not sovereign. You you a cog in the wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to earn your worth. You like you ain't shit. <laughs> you ain't shit, and you need to spend the whole time you're here trying to be shit. But no, you probably not. But work anyway. Right, work and yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. But all that's about to tumble. So it's it's going to be. <sighs> It's interesting. And even and, and, and you talked about having spaces and containers for grief. I feel like that's going to be needed. Because yeah. even though some of us are really excited about things falling apart, like let's not. There's going to be things that we miss, too. Ooh, we that's one of the reasons um, what you were speaking about just now just kind of made me think about the way America is has responded to COVID. Oh, man. And, um, Basically, nobody masks now. Very few people mask anywhere. And I was reading, I I think it was Imani Barber, which she is a disability uh, justice advocate. And she was talking about people who are on people who don't mask, who are offended by you wearing a mask because you're reminding them that one, COVID is still here. But two, it's not it's not some magical thing that. 
that makes you succinct or are not susceptible to this virus. You are, you are, you are vulnerable, even though you want to pretend that you're not. And that kind of, it reminded me of that when you were talking about how people despise, like if you, if you are connected with your soul and your purpose, um, cause it's kind of like reminding them there's actually more than this bullshit. And if you slow down and ask yourself, where are all my resources going? Where is my energy going? Why is it going there? Yeah. You know, again, it'll feel, it'll feel bad at first. You'll be like, oh my God, what the fuck? You know, but better than trying to annihilate the species, which is like <laughs> so much a desire on some level because what the fuck? No, really? What the fuck indeed? Yeah. Even, even even running around maskless yeah like i it kind of it kind of scares me because the kids they they wear their masks to school but like the teachers will make them take it down sometimes and i'm like so if you get covid what is the teacher gonna do um i just saw some i don't know what part of the a part of america that they're in but they posted a screenshot of their school district saying, unless your child has a fever, if they test positive from COVID, you could go ahead and send them. So we can know you have COVID, but unless, unless, and then just the fever, like no other symptom or the fact that again, you're positive for COVID, but they're like, yeah, just send them. It's, It's horrific and such, you know, just such an illustration of the inherent dysfunction and I feel like what happens when like lack and lack and lack just pile on top of each other and combine compound disillusion just compounds until you don't even want to save your life. Cause even plants fight for their life. Man, they sure do. Ants fight for their life. Rats will fight for their life. What's 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 up with us? <laughs> what are we doing? Orcas are taking yeah. down European sh- ships and stuff. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? And like, it's clear that one can be innovative even if they don't consciously know they have ancestors, right? Like, yes. yeah, you could. Like, if for some bizarre reason there was no colonization, but we also maybe didn't know that we had ancestors. Yeah. Humans are still brilliant. You know what I'm saying? And we do still have ancestors, whether we acknowledge it or not. I guess I'm just thinking about what we would be doing, one, if we were tapped into our ancestry, but also just the way that these systems limit our capacity to dream, limit our capacity to create, limit our awareness that we are divine creators and we really can imagine a thing and make it and make it real. You think that this is all there is. That the biggest dream of capitalism and patriarchy and white supremacy and anti-blackness is all there. That's all there is. Even when we're looking at it, I was in a PhD program for maybe three months and I had to get out because I was like, y'all are playing with my face and the world is crashing before my eyes. But part of the thing that blew me was starting with the ancient Greeks and the founding fathers 
unironically, I was really baffled. This was 2021. I remember being in um, whatever the period of is called before the program starts. It's not, it's not an initiation, but whatever it is before classes start. And it was January 6th. And we're in the Zoom classes, but we're also kind of slowly recognizing that there are white terrorists climbing up at the Capitol. And I was like, we don't have to spend time trying to figure out what these white men meant. This is what they meant. What we are living in right now is what these white men meant when they colonized the land or when Alexander the Great colonized North Africa. And be like, how the hell? This is not y'all can't be for real. We see it. This is the manifestation of these men's dreams. This is the manifest destiny. This is the destiny that they manifested. Clearly, we gotta shift gears. We can't be looking to them for the answers. This is what it this is. This is it. An unsustainable system. I'm sorry, I'm just chewing on that. Because especially in, in 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 Europe, I'm not quite sure there's a real clue in to that's what's arriving here. Mm. I think being black and being American, I can see things falling apart. Mm-hmm. I talk to my African neighbors, they're like, Yeah, this ain't gonna work. Mm. Next winter's gonna be rough because we Man. over here beep, beeping with Russia. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Mm. <laughs> it's all funny games until you beef with Russia and nobody's going to back you up. Because mm. ain't nobody got nothing. And they're already beefing in Africa too. So mm. it's, yeah, it's like it's nothing but, but death and war and destruction. I remember now. Um, you were talking about containers for our grief and the yeah. necessity of that. And I think I have experienced this pandemic, this ongoing pandemic, uh, in great isolation, um, mm-hmm. wanting to preserve my health. And I have a lot of personal grief and resentment around the reality that it feels this way, that it feels the way it feels. That is actually, if I want to be safe, I pretty much need to stay home. Um, And also I am so aware that part of the reason I'm preserving myself is because niggas are not prepared for what's coming. No. And part of the reason this has felt like a holding pattern and I've been sat down and I, and, 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 and so many different gifts and understanding and awareness have come back online in my own embodiment is to hold space with folks for what is coming that I really be shitting that they don't see. And then it's also like, but one of the reasons I'm here is for that. Yeah. And I think that's another reason why you had so many elders around you. Cause our elders have seen stuff. Like mm-hmm. I remember my dad was born in 33 and him mm-hmm. telling stories of, putting newspaper in his shoes so they would last longer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and not everybody got that yeah it's really true I remember 
even my, my parents are griots and storytellers, but it still wasn't until high school that I realized, oh, history, like the field of history is just stories. And clearly none of the stories have anything to do with any of us um, based on how it's taught, you know, but I can understand it if they're just stories. But I feel like when I, when I really started to experience the shift in um, African-American studies courses in undergrad, I had such a wealth of family to start looking into and recognizing, oh, yeah, so during this decade, this is what would have been happening to a Black person. This is what was happening to you. This is what was going on. And this is why you engage me like this. Yes. And that's, again, something else that's kind of robbed from us by the system in the ways that mm-hmm. we're educated and that we don't, we don't, we don't see the role. We don't, we don't see ourselves. We don't see ourselves no. in time. We don't see ourselves as time. Everything, everything supports this violent white imagination. And we don't even know that our imagination is limited by the white imagination. Yes, that's a scary thing. Like, we don't even realize how limited we are. Yeah. And, and seeing it happen to children is very scary because um, the situation we're in, I would love to push more. Mm-hmm. I would love to do more. Mm-hmm. But there's only so much time and there's certain things going on where it's like, I like I need like half a day in a tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> push further. Yeah. And we have 30 minutes and we got to be back to school. Man. Yes. How old are your so, kids if you don't? Mm-hmm. Almost five, nine and six. Mm-hmm. So they are... It's amazing to watch them play because when they play, the imagination opens up and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. The sadness of it is school is in such a way that it doesn't give them the space to get into the groove where they get to that space. Yeah. Just, everything opens up because that, that groove, that space happens. It takes like at least a good 30, 45 minutes of uninterrupted play to kind of hit the groove where they're just gone and anything can happen in this imagination. Mm-hmm. But like between and the weekends, I've, there's space in the weekends, but like it's different. Yeah. They need it more than just like maybe once or twice a week. That needs mm-hmm. to happen every day to, to keep things open and lubricated. Mm-hmm. Like sleep. Like when you miss sleep, I remember growing up here, like you can't just getting extra sleep the next day is not making up for the sleep, you know? And that's the same thing it sounds like in terms of tapping into your creativity or tapping into spirit. Like, it's cumulative. Yep. Yeah. Because play is very much your imagination and your ability to connect to spirit and get back to we were talking about, like, the ancestors who were like, I don't need Star Trek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in Neptune last night. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So. And just, like, the way... You know, you you recognize how detrimental certain relationships or spaces are when they cause you to question yourself. Yes. 
just the energy used to try to combat that. But it's very hard to navigate. And and then how do you trust yourself again when you've been in this relationship or this space or this institution that is regularly gaslighting you? There's so much energy to survive that. And I think that's, I've thought about that so much. Just the energy that it takes to steal yourself. But thinking about it in terms of a particular type of relationship, like it costs you to steal yourself. And if you ever actually are safe again, if you no longer have to steal yourself, if you're no longer in that violent or harmful situation, it's not immediate to soften. And there's so much we can receive when it's safe enough to stop, to soften and be receptive. Which makes me think about where we're going in the sense of community, because Mm -hmm. we need each other where we're going. Mm -hmm. I think COVID was a lesson in sense of, no, this is how you act with your fellow man. If you don't, you'll die. And you either get it or you don't. And if you don't get it, you've made your choice. (laughs) Sounds really harsh. It sounds cruel and judgmental, but it's like, you know, you wouldn't put your foot in the swamp with a gator. So without a relationship with a gator in a swamp, why would Mm -hmm. you just? Yeah. So we are going to have to do a lot of healing around our ability to connect with one another, respect each other's boundaries, expect, respect each other. Yeah. Give each other, give ourselves a love and support, but also Mm. kind of relax and realize, okay, so we're not operating under that system anymore. We are free. What does that mean? How, like, how can I really, you know, what does it mean if we relate outside of like, okay, because I look this way, I'm supposed to act this way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels very daunting. Like, oh, I don't know that we'll ever get there. I don't know that we will return to that community. And I, I believe not only that we can, I I believe that we must like, but what I'm thinking right now, I love, uh, Alexis Pauline gums. And I think it was an interview with her and Autumn Marie Brown, Amber Marie Brown. That's not her name either. Adrian, Adrian Marie Brown. (laughs) But anyway, um, they were talking about Octavia Butler and that very often community was necessary to survive in her stories. But oftentimes there was something that forced the empathy, that forced the coming together. It wasn't for whatever reason. It wasn't like everybody just got it. Like, all right, you know, we need to come together. There were... uh, systems that made it so it's like oh this really is all we got and I thought I thought that COVID was going to be that differently than it has been than it is being yeah I'll I'll never forget looking out the the window in COVID and just seeing nature come back oh my god same hearing about deer taking over churches Mm -hmm. I was like this is what life is supposed to be so many plants that were usually manicured weren't manicured. And we, the road we live down is on a um, plantation. There's a plantation at the end of the road. And it was just, just to imagine that all these plants are the ones that had originally been there, but nobody was cutting them down. 
again, thinking about those things that are in the land for us to grab onto and recognize and remember. Yeah, the land's going to save us somehow. Our relationship with the land will save us somehow. Yes. Our one planet, like, <laughs> who does this? <laughs> Our one planet who, who that has all the resources that we need for life, which is actually outstanding. outstanding and the thing is is people are trying to look around people are trying to go to mars and i'm like how do you know there's nothing on mars how and you're you gonna know? bring your ass to mars you're gonna be there so why do you think shit gonna be yeah. all right crashing <laughs> around the planet and they think that some little aliens are gonna deal with the foolishness Man. that we did to this planet we're gonna hop like some crazy invade like like some crazy invasive like the borg just, <laughs> just like gonna- that that's just not like that but i mean it is it's again the delusion that like we're the only species and or we're the most powerful one that in the hierarchy humans are on top and it's just it's just delusion it's, it's just delusion it really is because like if there are whales ganging mm. up on ships mm. it, and i follow somebody on twitter and she she posted this video of a, a horse escaping like out of the fence. And she's like, well, so what happens when these animals gang up on us? And I'm like, well, I hope to be in the house that day. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's right. I mean, it is it is a reclaiming that is yes. taking place by the divine. And we should pay attention. We should be looking and observing and getting in alignment. That's what's necessary for real. Instead of can just that that we can dominate, that that we can somehow control, that we can both. Because I talk, I part of the reason that I'm here is to like add my blow to the patriarchy for real, and it's just like the system that teaches you you are in charge of and control of and of everything, but you're responsible for and to nothing. So there's no accountability. I mean, like you're supposed to be praised for when things get good that you pretend that you did by yourself or that nobody suffered to achieve. But there's no responsibility or accountability or acknowledgement of um, cause and effect, you know, or the nonlinearity of time. And again, in the ways we've all internalized those things. Yes. Yes. And even a simple act as cutting the grass, noticing how I'm treating the grass versus how the children are treating the grass. Mm, Wow. The children are like, we must rescue the snails and ladybugs and bring them to a safe place so you don't harm them while you are cutting the grass. Mm. And they they set up a shelter. They had some leaves for things to eat so they would be okay. They gave them little boundaries to say like, hey, you got to stay in here. It's going to be crazy. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. What am I doing? That's <laughs> like, it. I should just let this grow. Yeah. But it's also like, 
that shared wisdom, the ways that y'all, all y'all wisdom co-creates and collaborates together. Cause some, you got to cut the grass for snakes sometimes, you know? And so like, yeah. how can we coexist with the life that is here? Well, it might mean slow down to see what's here so we can move them out of the way right. because we don't want what, you know, what could be the negative ramifications of having grass this high when we live here. Right. And it's like all that wisdom is necessary. And requires time. It yeah. requires more time than we than than we can believe that we have. I really feel like we're gonna get it together though. I just I believe it too. We're gonna we'll get there. I believe it too, yes, I really do. I believe it and I believe like maybe we won't see it. But we are indeed um we are indeed increasing possibilities. Just this conversation increases possibilities. Mm-hmm. 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 And I love hearing about the children because they're so brilliant. They're so wise. They're so insightful. And they, and they give me hope because I think we are in a time where we're returning to. It's easy to focus on all the evidence that we're not, you know, like all the shit that feels like, you know, y'all can die at any time. (laughs) But, (laughs) but just like, yeah, the joy in your own relationship with your ancestors and the ways you're seeing that manifested in your children and the way that you're learning from your children is so inspiring because we are, we are going to be okay. I believe that. I believe that we will win. I really do. I believe that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know how that's going to look, but I don't believe that we came this far to be just left. And, no. and our divinity and maybe even our humanity is, 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 is nudging us to return. It's nudging us to Sankofa. It is whatever the inkling is that is making everybody that is making be like, oh, I got to go back to the roots. I got to go back to what was before. I got to tap into something else. I believe that's just more powerful than the bullshit. But it's so it's so hard to tune the bullshit out. I know that's right. <laughs> It is hard to cut the bullshit out. It really is. Oh my gosh. It really is. But we gonna figure it out, right? It's not gonna cut us out. We gonna cut it out. We gonna figure this out. Yup. All right. Thank you so much for making it, for being here with me, making it through part two. We got one more part, one more part of this episode where we're gonna get more into self-kindness and the importance of it we're also going to like slip and slide on the timeline a bit and discuss a little bit more about connection with the land in the meantime in the meantime if you want to get at me you can get at me over on twitter at jlancian77 over twitter or spirituality underscore motherhood underscore pod over at instagram but you best like your best bet is twitter because I don't really go to Instagram. I refuse to put it on my phone. I just do because I'm old and I'm okay with it. (laughs) Anyway, 
If you have any thoughts or questions, things you want me to tackle, this podcast to tackle, you know, just slide in my DMs. That's what they follow. Okay. Well, in the next two weeks, I can't wait to come back and share part three of this conversation with you. And I hope you stay blessed. And I will chat with you again soon. Peace.